0: Give the Lord a hand. <laughs> oh, had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary. Had there not been for an old rugged cross, had there not been for a man called Jesus, my soul would be forever lost. Aren't you thankful for Jesus today? Aren't you glad that he came over forty-two generations just to give you and I a right to eternal life? What a what a blessing. What a tremendous giving that He has offered to us today. And what an honor it is to know Him. Not just to think upon Him, but to know Him. To have Him inside of you. To have the King of kings living inside of you. Isn't that something? You know, when you think of it that way, when you go to town, it's not just you going to town. It's Jesus going to town. You go to the grocery store, it's not just you. It's Jesus to be going to the grocery store. So everywhere we go, we can be His hands extended, can't we? We are His sent out people. Those that are born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb, we have been chosen because we offered ourselves to be chosen. And my message today is entitled, Come and Be Chosen. Come and Be Chosen. I want you to go with me. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. We're going to look a little bit at this subject of come and be chosen. You see, we, the people of God, anyone that that is born again, that is one thing. But there is yet still, we're not saved to just sit. We're saved to go forth. Amen? We're saved to, to do something for the kingdom of God. And so, but the, but the decision is up to you and I, you see. We have to give God ourselves and say, as Isaiah said, Here am I, Lord, send me. Amen? Here am I, Lord, send me. And so it's our decision to be saved and it's our decision to go forth in the name of Jesus and do the works that God has for us to do. How many knows that everybody has a different work, a different gift, a different talent, a different degree of uh, if you will whatever God has gifted you with, then that's what you're to go forth and do. And so but the thing that I want to emphasize this morning is is that we are the ones that say yes. We're the ones that say yes. The Lord calls, but we have to answer. Amen. The Lord calls, but we have to answer. In Matthew chapter 10, go to verse 16. This is going to be my springboard, if you will, this morning, our foundation. And then we're going to back up a little bit, and we're going to look at how God calls and how God sends. You know, God is the one that's in charge, amen? And incidentally, I read this, and I want to share it with you just a moment. And I'm not not going to preach on this at all today because there's probably way too much preaching done on it. But as we know, Tuesday is election day, right? So just pray and vote. Amen? Pray and vote. But the one thing I want to emphasize on that is after Tuesday, God is still God. Amen? God is still God. I like this. Max Lucado said it this way. I know exactly what November 9 will bring. Another day of God's perfect sovereignty. He will still be in charge. His throne will still be occupied. He will still manage the affairs of the world. God will still be God. I think, you know, we should do what we should do. We should vote. We should should take active participation in the affairs of our government. But one thing we must remember is that we're living in perilous times. And we're living according to the prophecy of God's Word that in the last days that evil will get worse and deceivers will be, continue to deceive and be deceived. And, and Paul said to Timothy, he said, Listen, I want you to continue to preach the Word, but know this, that in the last days that men will not endure sound doctrine." But they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and will be turned from the truth and unto fables. We're living in that day. We're living in a time of great perilous times. But there is yet still the promise of God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will go with you all the way to the end of the world. I am God and there is no other. I was here before you and I will be here after. God is still God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God's still God. I'm so glad he hadn't changed, amen. Society has changed. Men have changed. The world's ideas have changed. But God has not changed. God still requires the same of all men. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. All must come to Him and say, Forgive me of my sins and wash me in your blood and make me new. All must come and say, Lord, just as I am without one plea, but that Thy blood was shed for me. O Lamb of God, I come. I come. I decide. I want Jesus. How about you? Amen. Praise God. Well, we are we are to be uh, available to be chosen. In Matthew chapter ten, verse sixteen, Jesus said this. Now, don't let this scare you, because this is something that some would say. Oh, you know, I don't I don't want to be a part of this. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. God's people are a, are a very, uh, we talked about it in Sunday school this morning, a very peculiar uh, people to the world because we don't think like the world thinks. We don't act like the world acts. If we do, we need to get saved. Amen. <laughs> We have been changed. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I thank God for the day that I walked out of those things that God forgave me and set me free from. How about you? I'm thankful that I'm still walking in the ways of God. Not perfect, but thank God I'm forgiven. Amen. I'm yet arrived, but I'm on my way. Hallelujah. Since Jesus found me and put his arms around me, I can't say I'm perfect, but I can say I'm saved. Hallelujah. Glory. And once we have done that, we have this one thing that most have made mistake in preaching and that is it's is that everything's going to be all right now. You ain't going to have another problem. You ain't never going to have no more troubles. Everything's over. You're going to just, just lay around and, and lounge until Jesus comes. Just get yourself a recliner and get in it and just sit right there. No, 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 my friends. The devil hates you and he's going to come after you. He's going defi- to fight you. He's going to defy you and he's going to put up a fight. You must know that you are a... A sheep in the midst of wolves. Now, if a sheep's in the midst of wolves, there's danger. Amen? There's danger. Danger all around us. But we must know that God does not send us out without provision. Amen? God doesn't put you in His will just to leave you to be devoured. Yes, we're surrounded by, sh- by by wolves. Yes, we're surrounded by darkness. The Bible said in the last days there'd be a gross darkness on the people. But ain't you glad there's glory in the name of Jesus to overcome every obstacle and defeat every devil and to stand and having done all to stand. I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't matter what the devil says or does. As a child of God, you have power over the enemy, power over his ways, power to defeat the devil. He don't have to be the victor. We have been given the victory. Amen. On Calvary, when Jesus said it is finished, he was basically saying the devil is defeated. It is finished. The process has begun. Whosoever will, let him come and drink of this living water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, when you look at this, we're looking at God's bidding today. You know, no matter what happens again after Tuesday, God will still be in the business of bidding I'm not talking about gambling. I'm talking about, <laughs> amen, and he's not bidding on a horse or a dog or, or on the stock market. God, no, I'm not talking about that kind of bidding, Amen. If it was, we'd all be in trouble. <laughs> but I want to tell you, I thank God he's above and beyond that, ain't you? Hallelujah. I quit gambling when I got a hold of Jesus because I found out he's a sure thing. You don't have to roll the dice with him. Just read his word, what he says. It's going to happen, it's going to happen and you can bake on it. Hallelujah. Might not make you a millionaire, but it'll make you ready for heaven. Amen. And After all, I'm thankful my riches is over there, aren't you? My riches is over there. <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, God's bidding, that's a command, a summons, an invitation. God will forever be summons, inviting, commanding, or calling people. Come to me. Come to me. Listen, don't go to to the government or whomever you, you think is best. Come to me. Jesus said, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen, our God will remain our God. Hallelujah. Heaven is not going to be moved. Heaven is not going to be destroyed. There's one thing for certain, all that are born again, names written in the Lamb's book of life can be assured of one thing. If we hold on to God's unchanging hand, no matter what tomorrow may bring, when Jesus sets His foot out on the clouds of glory, we shall rise to meet Him in the air. And hallelujah, what a day, glorious day that's going to be. Hallelujah. We can have those things. We know God has given us those promises, precious, exceeding promises. But see, God calls disciples and sends apostles. He calls disciples and sends apostles. Meaning this, apostle means to send out with purpose a mission or a commission and with the authority of the sender. Listen, I can go all I want, but if I don't have the authority of the one who sent me, I'm as useless as they come. I'm a, t- a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal. But hallelujah, He doesn't send you without the provision of His power. Amen. When God saves you He He saves you by the power of His Spirit and then when you go on and follow Him and become filled with the Holy Ghost baptized in the power from on high and hallelujah for that real experience Amen It is for real and ever is for real and that's what distinguishes and sets apart from the nominal denominational thinking today is those that have empowered and enthused and endued with power to go forth and demons tremble at the sight of somebody that's been given the authority amen jesus sends us out that the the apostle is sent out with the authority of the sender god doesn't just call and sin without provision god qualifies the called amen haven't you noticed i, I found out and I'm, I'm a proof of that god doesn't look for those that's already qualified because if he did they'd be boasting in themselves God looks for somebody that don't even know which way to turn, but they're able and willing to say, I'll trust in you. I'll follow you I'll listen to you oh God and whatever is done it's not by my power it's not by my might but it's by your spirit hallelujah that's what gets the job done and that's the one that God wants it's not somebody that's been to the beauty parlor and been down to the educational facilities and token many awards All oh, those are great but it's somebody been on the backside of a desert talking to a burning bush that God empowers to step out and say the same. At the Lord this is what God says hallelujah give him praise this is what God says God says what's most important and those that say it are not those that have been elite according to the world's standards but they are those that he has reached down in the pit of dis- disarray and discouragement and, and through sorrows and pains and toils has pulled them out and brushed them off and filled them with his spirit and they've gone forth and done great and mighty things in the name of the Lord praise God God calls and God sends. He sends, number one, with power. At verse 1, chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, it says, when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now, friends, I want to tell you something. That's power. Amen? Amen. You know, this world today and much of the church world today has gotten so used to deadness that when they see power, they think it's strange. Amen? They say, oh, that's one of them crazy nuts. Let's cut that off. Let's run. Friends, (laughs) listen, that's what gets the job done. He said, by the foolishness of preaching, God saves men. But through the power of the Spirit, dunamis, dynamite... Dynamite, explosive. God's not weak. God's not lip-wristed. God's not tater-vine-backed. God is God Almighty. And this was a fool that plays with God. God don't play games. Devil don't play them either. If I'm playing, I'm caught in the middle and I'm in trouble. I must decide whom I'm going to follow and stand there. And when I follow God and decide to follow Him, He'll give you power against all the unclean spirits. He'll give you power to cast out and heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. I still believe in laying on hands and saying in the name of Jesus be healed. And I've seen it done and I know He can still do it again. Amen. Glory to God. Preached one time many years ago. In a little church in Bethesda, about uh, Benevola, Alabama. How I many knows where Benevola is? A little church that God helped me to empowered me to start and pioneer my first pastoralship, if you will. Man came there one time with his son, his son and his and his daughter-in-law and his grandkids been coming a lot, and he finally came and we found out we already knew that he had been sick with cancer. And uh, I remember that morning, I don't remember what a priest, but I remember the altar call and And uh, that man walked down the aisle and he came up to me and he said, he said, I'm a Christian, I'm saved. He said, I got cancer, I got kidney cancer. He said, I've already got one kidney been took out and they say cancer's in the other one. He said, I I just want y'all, I just want you to lay your hands on me and pray for me. Let me tell you, friends, how many knows that if you got Jesus in you, you can't help but pray when somebody comes to you like that. I called for those that would come and several came. We laid hands on that man and began to call on Jesus. How many knows you can call on him? Amen. And he'll answer you. We begin to call on Jesus and we called on him. It didn't take but just a few minutes and the power of God fell upon us all. And that man walked out of that building and I remember he said to me on the way out, he said, I don't know what's happened, but I know something's happened because I feel light as a feather. Something's been lifted off my shoulders. I said, brother, you just go on and praise god and believe him he went to the doctor and the doctors did all the tests and they said you're free of cancer all we can see is where it's been hallelujah let me tell you friends god can heal god is still in the healing business amen glory to god He's able to make scales fall off blinded eyes. He's able to make blinded eyes see again the day the lame to walk and the dumb to talk. He's able to make the deaf to hear. And I believe he's still the same God now as he was when he did it then. I just want to see him again do it again. Hallelujah. I'm just crazy enough to say, I believe you for it, oh God. And you know what he said? He said, I'm looking for a man that'll dare to believe me. Amen. It don't take rocket scientists. Just take somebody that says, Lord, do it. Do it. Do it, Lord. You see, he's given that to those that have obeyed his call and said, Lord, I'll go. And you see, not only that, he sends us with power, but he also sends us with purpose. Ain't you glad you're not living, wandering aimlessly? My Lord, Paul said, if I had hope only in this life, I would be of all men most miserable But I'm glad I got a hope somewhere else. Ain't you? I'm glad i got a home that's not made by man. I've got a, a mansion in a city four square. 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles wide, and 1,500 miles long. That place is beyond description. And God says, Jesus said, in that place, I have a place for you. In my Father's house Or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, where did he say? I will come again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, saints! He's coming again. Glory. I will come again. And what? I will receive you unto myself. That where I am there ye may be also. I'm going to tell you. I want to be there. Don't you? I want to be there. And I'm going to look into any day when the trumpet will sound and I'll leave this ground. And I'm going on up to be with Jesus. That place is real. And that place gives us a purpose. A purpose on earth. We don't wander aimlessly. We don't become so disillusioned over the world's ungodliness that we forget about the place that God has prepared where everybody is a Christian. Hallelujah. No dissatisfied customers in heaven. Nobody walking around heaven saying, this ain't quite what I thought it was. I want to go back on earth. I promise you, you'll be satisfied when you get there. You know the old song, everybody will be happy. We'll be happy over there. Everybody will be happy. We'll sing and we'll shout. Everybody will be happy. They'll be shouting on the hills of glory. Shouting on the hills, shouting on the hills. When we reach that place of which the angels have told the story, they'll be shouting on the hills of God. I'm going to tell you, it ain't going to be a quiet place in heaven. If you can't shout here, don't go with me because it's going to be shouting on the hills of glory. Glory. Woo. I feel the goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you feel it, man? Glory to God. He gives us purpose. Look at this now. You may say, Well, he wouldn't choose me. I'm nothing. Friends, you make a mistake when you say that. Because, again, I'm an example of that. But when you look at verse 2 and verse 3, and you look at the men, And he sent out. These men, they were not pretty flowery men. Oh, no. They were not men that, uh, you know, that some would say, oh, this man is a great man right here. Look, he said, the names of the 12 apostles were these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter. Peter was a rough fisherman. Rough, quick to to speak, hot-tempered. Jesus picked him. Peter, then he said the first Simon who was called Peter and Andrew, his brother James, the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, and Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican, Matthew was a publican, he was hated, he was a tax collector for the government, he had, he had a double standard. He had a secret service job and he, he cheated people. He would, he would tell them, that he would charge them more taxes than what their land was and, and he put the extra in his pocket and the government looked the other way. And the people knew that, but they couldn't do anything about it and Jesus walked by his tax booth one day and said, come follow me. I'm going to tell you, he quit cheating folks that day, didn't he? But Jesus chose a cheater, a tax collector. Well, let's go on. Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus and Levius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. (laughs) Judas, he knew he was going to betray him, but he chose him. Chose these men, and he gave them power. He gave them this power. And it said... Verse 5, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter you not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach. <laughs> I like that, don't you? Preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely Freely give. Hallelujah. What was he saying? Get out there and do what I've been giving you to do. Get out there and use what I've gave you to use. Don't complain about I don't have enough. I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. Listen, God's given you enough. Get up and get out and begin to talk and walk in the name of Jesus. And I promise you, power will be given unto you to do the things that God has put in your pathway to do. Hallelujah. God is real. Amen. God is real. God will give you the power you need to face what you got to face. He sends us out with that purpose. A purpose is that to reach the lost, to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They were preaching that, listen, the kingdom of heaven is here. It's no longer a way off somewhere. It's here. And guess what comes with the kingdom? Power. Power to heal. Power to raise the dead. He said, go out there and raise the dead. Go to funerals and break up the service. Oh, my Lord, what would happen today if we walked into a funeral service full of the power of God and walked right up to the casket and said, get up. And the person in there got up. Jesus did it. <laughs> well, I don't know that I've ever had the brazenness, the boldness enough to do that, but if, I guess if the Lord said do it, I'd be shaking in my shoes, but I'd go after it. Amen. I just, I'm that kind of person. How about you? Just, that's just the way I feel about it. You know the woman, the widow of name that Jesus walked upon in the funeral procession, And she was weeping because her son was dead. She was a widow, so her husband was gone, dead. And she's weeping because this is all she's got left. And Jesus said, wait a minute. Hold on just a minute. Let me tell you, friend, God will give you some hold on moments. If you'll just, it's exciting to follow Jesus. Amen? Because he'll give you a hold on moment. You never know where you're going. You think you know where you're going, but you don't know where you're going. Hold on, he said. He told him, hold He stopped the funeral and he walked back to that casket and he reached in there and he said, I say unto you, arise. And that young man set up in that casket, and Jesus delivered him back to his mother, and they had a celebration. Let me tell you, he'll break up a funeral. God will break up a morning service. He'll break up a hospital visit. He'll he'll cause doctors to scratch every hair out of the head because they can't figure out how this happened. Listen, God can do things. That's why they call it supernatural. It's beyond and beyond the natural. What we think is impossible, it is not with God. Hallelujah. Woo! It's not impossible with God. My mama was laying in the hospital bed out here at DCH. I was headed out of town on a Monday morning on a bus ride, bus trip. I was driving charter. And my wife called me from the hospital and said, you might ought to get somebody to fill in and get back. I said, well, she was fine yesterday. She said, yeah, but there's been a turn for the worse, and it's not looking good. And I I sat in making phone calls and thank God someone was sent to take my place and I got back here. When I walked in, my mama was in critical critical condition. I see you. And her, her face was as white as that sheet of paper. She was bleeding internally. And they could not seem to get it stopped and they could not seem to get her stable. No matter what they did, her blood pressure just kept plummeting. And we gathered around her bed And she said, y'all pray for me. I'm dying. Oh, God. Let me tell you something. They shut the door on us. But we was praying. We wasn't saying, oh, Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord. Oh, no, friends. We begin to call on God. Let me tell you, when you got trouble, you don't care what nobody thinks about it. You don't care how loud you got to get. You'll cry help to the top of your lungs. We begin to call on God. And I felt, you know, ever felt the indignation of God against the devil come up in you? I said, you devil, in the name of Jesus, take your hand off right now. And I said, Lord, come on, do this. And she came, got better right then. Not because of me, but because we believed in the God, the miraculous, and God began to do something right then. And the rest of that day, her blood pressures came back up. Her color returned. Her bleeding stopped. And the doctor said, a miracle has taken place in this room. Hallelujah. And that Friday, she went home. I'm going to tell you, God will help you do things that will help others. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. I stand here today. I got these bandages on the side of my face. I hadn't been in a fight. But I did meet a woman with a sharp knife. And she finally let me go after two hours. But they said I had a carcinoma or something, you know. They said, you got to come back, and we got to start cutting until we get it all. And I guess prepared for the worst. But I went to pray, and I said, Lord. You know, they said it could be five hours worth of cutting on me. And I said, Lord, I pray, and I ask you. I was just driving that road in my car. I said, Lord, let it be only one cut, and it all done right then, just, and let me go. And, and, uh, and I, I went on, I prayed, how, you, how many of those you don't need to just stop? You need to believe God for beyond. Don't just say, oh Lord, just let it be one or two stitches. No. I said, God, I pray that you'll let them find no cancer whatsoever. I went in that place and they were getting settled and she came in, she looked at it, and she said, well, you know, Actually, you know, to my eye, and I've seen a lot, I don't see no cancer, tissue. I don't see any. But they got a cut anyway, you know. So, but thank God. Two hours, but only one cut. Came back in and said, you're clear. Nothing. Sewed me back up. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got a long scar right there. Uh, they <laughs> Sore, kind of sore, but I'm going to tell you, God answered that prayer. There's nothing God can't do, and I've got to hush. But listen. Nothing that God can't do. That's the thing that we need to get excited about. Is come to Jesus and let Him choose you and use you. Amen. You can do great things for God. He sent Him with an admonishment. We read that in verse 16. He said, I want you to understand, you're in danger everywhere you go, but you have me. You'd be wise. Don't be stupid. (laughs) Too many people have been stupid. Too many preachers have been showing when God said hide and hiding when God said show. We must listen to the Spirit and what it says. There are times to speak and there's times to shut up. Amen. And there are times to go and there are times to stay. We must be obedient and sensitive to the Spirit because there are a lot of things that are waiting for our destruction. Wise is this serpent? An old snake is wise. He don't show himself. He don't put on a big scene. But he's dangerous. You know, we're not to be spotlights. We're not to be mega mentality. But we are walking around with a power. Brother, that's the devil is scared of. Amen. I'm scared of a snake. I don't stop to see whether he's poisonous or not. I don't worry about whether his head's shaped like an arrow or not. All I know is I'm hunting the 12 gauge. Or my 12, 14 foot, one of the two. But there's going to be a dead snake if I can get a hold of it. I don't play with snakes (laughs) Let me tell you, the devil is scared of those that have believed God and have been filled with his spirit and are going forth in the name of the Lord. Demons tremble. Devils run, scream. Well, listen, an admonishment, a perspective. If you look at verse uh, 28 of chapter 10, and we're going to close it out right here. He said, fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. A perspective. Who are we to fear? It ain't man. That's for certain. Man can only destroy the body, but he can't touch the soul. But God can do both. So who do I fear? There was a martyr for the gospel's sake. They built a fire around him and tied him to a stake. But the fire would not consume him so they pierced him with a sword. Blood ran down and put out the fire but still he praised the Lord. All these years I've served him He's done me nothing but good. So I won't repent and I won't recant. Just tell me why I should. He ain't never done me nothing but good. Hallelujah. They couldn't kill the man. It took several attempts because he was full of God. And he was rejoicing. Stephen, when they were stoning the man to death outside the city against the wall, he had already looked up and said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father ready to receive me. And they stoned him calling on God let me tell you friends you don't fear man you look up God is on your side it don't matter what the world says the laws they pass against Christianity the things they do to try to silence us we must stand bold in the power of the Holy Spirit and still say thus saith the Lord anyhow it don't matter you can false accuse me and scandalize my name but I'm going on with Jesus just the same Put me in jail. Close me up. I'm still going to sing. I'm still going to shout. Beat me and put me in stocks. And at midnight, I'll sing praises to my God. And he's able to set me free. I bet he's happy about that today. Woo! Ikanabaha shandala. Woo! Shandarabaha. Shandarabaha. Handarabaha. Glory to God. And the final point is the best. He sends us out with a promise of his presence. The promise of his presence. What a promise. What a promise. In Matthew chapter 28, in verse 18, the musicians come, come back and begin to play, and let's get ready here to, to uh, pray. See, I believe somebody here today, God's trying to get your attention. He wants you to go out and get started. And you just need to quit resisting you just need to give up you know the old song says give up and let Jesus take over amen Matthew 28 verse 18 Jesus had risen from the dead it's over you know as far as they are concerned he was in the grave and they saw him bury him they saw him powerless seem like on the cross didn't seem like, you know, he was the Jesus he had proclaimed himself to be. It didn't seem right. They were hiding. And the ladies had went and found the tomb empty, <laughs> found the stone rolled back. Found an angel saying why are you seeking the dead, uh, a living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen just like he said. And brother, they walked out of that place, and they ran into Jesus and fell down on his at his feet and he said, go tell my disciples I'll meet him in Galilee. <laughs> Hallelujah. He was alive. Death couldn't hold him. The powers of hell couldn't do it. Amen. Satan lost the battle. Thank you, Glory. They met him on a mountain in Galilee. If you read some of this chapter, it's kind of sad in one way because it says when they saw him, in verse 17, it says they worshipped him but some doubted Even after all, Seeing him standing there alive, they got it. You know Thomas. Thomas said, I won't believe it until I put my hand in his hands and feel the scars and in his side and feel his side. And Jesus gave him that opportunity. Amen. If you have a problem doubting today, he'll give you opportunity to believe. He'll prove himself to you. Amen. But look at this in verse 18. Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, all power, not some power. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, let's look here, hold on, wait a minute. I got something to say to you. I am with you always even to the end of the world or the end of the age but the amen is not in red Matthew put the amen to it he already had experienced what he was writing about he already knew that God would be with him and as he was writing the testament Jesus he wrote the recording that Jesus said I'll be with you always even to the end of the world Matthew couldn't contain himself. We need to get so we can't contain ourselves. Amen. He got, he was writing in red, but he stopped and picked up the black and said, I'm going to add something to this. Amen. Woo! I found him to be true. How about you? I found him to be faithful. I've been laying in the hospital thinking I was going to die and he brought me out. I've been down in the valley and didn't know how long I was going to stay but God made me happy and I rejoiced all day. Listen, there's power in the name of Jesus. He'll set you free. He'll give you power over the devil. You don't have to be afraid. Whatever God wants you to do, you can do it. But you won't do it in your strength. You'll do it in his so that the boasting will not be of yourself Paul said I glory in in nothing else but only the cross lest the suffering of Christ be of no effect it's not me 23 years of preaching this gospel it hasn't been me I saw my daddy get saved I saw my mama come back to the Lord I saw my brother get saved I saw cousins get saved I saw people healed. I preached it with the help of the Lord in prison ministry, where at one time, at least more than once I know, 75 men came to the altar. Right. Hallelujah. See, lives changed. People broken from the bondages of drugs and alcohol and promiscuity. I'm going to tell you, Jesus is in the business, and he'll still be in the business till he comes. Right. Saving, and healing, and delivering, and setting free, calling people out to go forward. He'll work a work in you that you didn't think he could work in you. I never dreamed I'd ever be preaching. Ever. I got saved. I just want to live for Jesus. That's all I wanted to do. I just want to live for Jesus. But he filled me with the Holy Ghost and called me preach. I got to share this one quick story with you, then we're going to pray. And I want, you if you're serious here today and you really want to do a work for God, you come down here and let's believe him together for your power and for your strength because he's the one that's going to give it to you. If you need healing today, he's here to heal you. If you need saving today, he's here to save you. God's here for whatever you need. Amen. He's not just a one-dimensional God. Whatever you need in this place today, God's got it right here for you. I promise you in the name of Jesus, it don't matter how big or small. My granddaddy was saved in an old tent revival. My grandmother got saved first. An old Pentecostal Gentile revival. It was the first Pentecost that was known in Pickens County, came through Aliceville. My grandmother went down there to see what was going on and she said, I want what they got. And she went down to the altar and she got what they got. God filled with the Holy Ghost. And she started living for Jesus. Her family thought she was crazy. Her mother told, asked my granddaddy about her. Now this is all, you know, I was told this, And it's true. I said, what about Madeline? What's happened? He said, Well, she got a hold of something. <clears throat> but don't say nothing to her. It might make it worse. That was just that was his thinking. That was the way he thought. That's the way the world thinks, you know, leave them folks alone, it might make them worse. <laughs> well, guess what? She got worse. <laughs> you can't get well if you're happy in Jesus. Amen. You're never gonna get delivered in Jesus if you don't want to be. Amen. She kept begging and to go to church. Go to church, and he kept saying, one day I'll go, one day I'll go. They didn't have a car. He drove a log truck. He was a logging man. He was a sawmill man. Came home one night in the truck without the, the trailer on it. And it was a Sunday night, a Wednesday night, excuse me. And he said, you know, I think I'll go to church tonight. And he said, I brought the truck home with me. We, we don't have to bum a ride. We can ride in the truck. So they went to church that night. old brother Luther Marsh, minister. That man prayed over me, by the way, when I was a baby. I believe that's where God started his work right But that night he stood up and there were people in that church. That church was packed. And they didn't have nothing, you know, back during the Depression. And my granddaddy was sitting there in patched overalls. And Brother Marsh, he didn't know what God, you know, God leads you to say things you don't know what you're going to say or how you're going to touch somebody. He stood up that night and he said, I want you to know you're welcome here. It don't matter if you're wearing sackcloth dresses and patched overalls. You're welcome here. And my granddaddy sat back there with tears running down his face. And he walked the aisle at night and God saved him. (laughs) He started tithing and God blessed him so much he had his own sawmill, making money. And he came home one day and he told my grandmother he said, you know, I believe God's calling me to preach. She said, how so? He said, all day long I'm pushing and pulling a lever and preaching sermons all day long. She said, why don't you preach? He said, I don't want to. Why? He never would tell her why. He eventually backslid, quit paying his tithes, quit going to church. And God allowed, I don't know what happened, but his sawmill burnt to the ground. My grandmother prayed and prayed and prayed for him to come back to the Lord. There came a point where God told her to quit praying. He said, have another child. Now she already had five. My mama was the sixth. My mama was born. And she like to die. The devil tried to take her out. She had bad asthma. and They didn't have medicine like we got now. They got so sick and so bad that my grandmother had somebody come with a camera and take a picture of her because they wanted to have something to remember about. But she lived. God, so fit. Why? Because I was born. And that same call he offered to my granddaddy. He offered it to me. And later my grandmother told me that. She said, God wanted a preacher out of this family. And you answered it. And I ain't nothing to do but for the grace of God. And I've seen many things that God has done. And I ain't got nothing to offer except myself. But God brought me in in his stead for some purpose or another. And later, my granddaddy, before he died, he he did repent and God forgave me, But he died. But I've been preaching now. I've been preaching all over the place. And I'm here preaching this morning. Amen. And I don't preach no different no matter where I am. Amen. It's Jesus and that's all I know. But I just wanted you to know that. That, that it don't matter. I, did, I didn't have anything. I had no education or nothing to offer to God. But he saved me. And then he called. It wasn't a lightning bolt. He just put a desire in me to preach so bad I could not preach. And I started preaching, I started studying, and I got licensed, and, and I got credentialed, and, and blessed God, I've seen him do so many things. And I ain't, I, he ain't through yet because he ain't come back yet. So that excites me. But let's close right now. Whoever will, I want you to come down here. God sing what you want to sing, play what you want to play. But maybe God's been speaking with you. Maybe you've been feeling something like a moving inside of you that you, you know that you feel like you need to do something. I mean, you never get to the point where you're comfortable. You know, we moved over here from Liberty, Alabama. I pastored there nine years. The church was growing, doing good, but God called me out of it. A comfort zone. Then he told me to quit the job. I quit it. But he opened so many other doors that I couldn't have went through with all of that. Listen to what God has to say to you. It doesn't matter whether your mind can figure it out. If God said it, do it. Do it. I promise you, you'll never regret it. You'll find yourself walking on water. You'll find yourself. You'll find yourself in places you never thought you'd be. There's nothing God can't do for you. Absolutely nothing. So if you if you feel that today and you need God and you wanna you know God wants you for something, I want you to come and say, Lord, yes, send me. I'll go. We're little, we're running out of time. We're in the last days and the last moments. God's got an end day gathering and He's starting, and I want to be a part of it. And you can too. All you gotta do is say yes. Mean it. I promise you, God, I'll do things you never dreamed of. I'm a walking witness today. Come and be chosen. Come and be chosen for God. There's no greater choosing on this earth. Above all even the presidency of the United States. I pity them. I know the king of kings. I walk with a king. Amen.